This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 428. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Samsung has quietly added 30 more channels to their TVs with the launch of Samsung TV+. Plus. We've also kicked off our 12 days of Christmas gift ideas, and we'll tell you what's coming up there. And in the celebrity tech segment, we talk to best-selling action novelist Matthew Riley. In the Tech Guide review, he's going to take to the skies with the DJI Mini 2 drone. We also pump up the volume with the Blue Ant X5 Bluetooth speaker, and Duracell has partnered with energy retailer Social Energy with a system that pays you and happens to be endorsed by cricketing legend Shane Warne. And we'll answer your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, who doesn't like free stuff? And that's if you're a Samsung TV owner, that's kind of what you're getting with the quiet launch of Samsung TV Plus. Now, this is a free TV service that has uh, has already been offered in the US and other countries, and there are up to 150 channels offered in other parts of the world. In Australia, they're kicking off with 30 channels which is a lot. And you can, all you need to do is just turn on your Samsung TV and it should be there. For those of you listening right now who own Samsung TVs, uh, and I should specify, it needs to be a Samsung TV from the last couple of years. I think 2019 and 2020 televisions from Samsung. Uh, once Once you click that on, you should see a little icon, a blue icon that says Samsung TV Plus. You click on it and you'll see 30 channels that across all kinds of uh, types of channels too. We're talking sports, TV, news, lifestyle, comedy, gaming. There's even a, there's even a karaoke channel. Also channels talking about Hollywood and music. So it's not bad, 30 free channels. And the thing about it, if you have a Samsung TV, they show up right there on your on your guide. So if you click the guide button on your remote control, you'll see all the free-to-air channels, and then behind them you'll see the channels starting in the thousands. So 1,070 is Bloomberg TV, 1120 is Dust, 1125 is Made in Hollywood, 1140 is Fail Army. So there's all these internet channels. So these aren't free-to-air through your aerial these are through your broadband connection. So you do need to have your TV, your Samsung, your recent model Samsung TV hooked up to the internet. You can also, if you wanted to, download the Samsung TV Plus app on your Samsung mobile device. Going all the way back to the Galaxy S9, you can also enjoy these free channels as well. Now these are linear channels, so you tune in and there's a show that's going on whenever, uh, as according to the guide. But if you scroll down a little bit further, there is also the opportunity to view stuff on demand as well. Uh, and that's so uh, that, that's and that's all there, free of charge, on top of your existing streaming and and your free to air and catch up services. You've got another thirty channels. Now with TV Plus, uh, I've got two Samsung TVs at my place and. On one of them, it was already there, so I didn't. I need. I didn't need to do anything. It was just there. I think it does a quiet little update over the internet. 
Uh, and on my other TV, which is actually a more expensive Samsung TV, it's not there. So I, I tried to investigate on the TV that never had Samsung TV+. Plus, and I looked in the App Store. I updated the firmware. There wasn't a firmware update to be had. And I couldn't get it on the newer TV. And it is, it's a 2020 television, so uh, should, should have, uh, should, it qualifies to get this service. So what I'm thinking is that each, there's, a, there's a rollout that's going on where Samsung's hitting all these new TVs with this, this update. And once it's there, you can access it, of course, through the remote control. You can scroll through. So when you get to the end of your free-to-air list of channels, you'll now see these other Samsung TV Plus channels. I mentioned already they're also in the guide so you got them as well. And some of the channels, uh, there, there's Bloomberg TV that I mentioned. There's a, another channel called Naturescape. There's another channel called People Are Awesome. So these are these are internet channels that exist. You can probably watch them on other platforms. You probably see some of it on YouTube. I'm sure you've seen some clips of the, from these channels on Facebook. People share little videos. of. I know I've seen a lot of Fail Army videos. But there's also a weather channel. There's even the Stingray Karaoke channel where you can sing along to some of the biggest hits. So how entertaining would that be in the middle of a party? Leading up to Christmas, maybe get all the friends around, top up your drinks and uh, and have a sing around your Samsung TV, courtesy of Samsung TV Plus, which is his new free service. And, and you know what? I expect there to be more channels uh, added over time. There are in some parts, I think the US has more than 150 channels, so there's a lot of what they call bingeable TV channels, uh, including in the US they have a, a channel dedicated to Gordon Ramsay's show Kitchen Nightmares, which I love. I really enjoy that show. I'd love for that to be included in this service. Not quite in Australia. I think there's there's kind of rights, different rights in different territories, which is which which is makes the difference between what channels can be offered in some countries against others. So uh, if you do have a Samsung TV that you bought within the last couple of years. Uh, turn it on, it might already be there, uh, so you might be in for a nice little surprise. Samsung TV Plus, 30 extra channels free of charge. If you want to read more about that, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, we've just kicked off our annual 12 days of Christmas gift ideas. We kicked it off today. Today's Monday. It's day one of our 12 days of Christmas gift ideas. Day one is uh, happens to be about cameras. And despite us having great cameras on our phones, we still there's still a huge demand for high-quality, dedicated cameras, DSLRs, action cameras, uh, portable portable cameras on with built-in gimbals and various things. Uh, the cameras included in, in our day one of the gift guide includes the DJI Pocket 2, which is this new portable stabilised camera. That's $599. There's also the Panasonic Lumix G100, which I rate. This is a really great vlogging camera. If you're into creating content, if you're a YouTuber, this is a really good solution where it's got a great audio, great great microphone system where it'll pick up audio if you're standing in front of it, standing behind it, commentating on what you're seeing, or if you're talking into the camera, the audio, uh, the microphones really pick you up and the sound quality is is as good as having a dedicated microphone sitting there on top of your camera. Uh, there's there's interchangeable lenses, can shoot 4K video, of course. A similar camera too that's in the in this uh, in the day one of our gift guide is the Sony ZV-1. We've spoken about it on the show a little while back. This is also an ideal vlogging camera. Uh, does you can also purchase a handle that allows you to activate your movies remotely, so you can just click the button rather than have to reach up to the camera. Also has a flip-out screen similar to the Panasonic, the uh, the Lumix Panasonic Lumix G100. That's also available with a handle that also doubles as a tripod, as it does with the Sony ZV-1 as well. Of course, you can't have a camera a camera gift guide without the Go GoPro Hero 9 Black, which is now five hundred and seventy-nine dollars. Uh, it's uh, it can shoot five K video up to five K video at thirty frames per second. And of course, there is your options from Canon and Nikon. There's also the DJI OM4, which is a smartphone stabiliser. So it's not a camera, but it can make your smartphone an even better camera. 
great, great look at that. And I've also got the Logitech Stream Cam, which is ideal in this current situation where a lot of us are working from home, zooming from home, doing all our work. Uh, so a, it's a good quality camera and microphone that can help present you in much better quality than perhaps your laptop does right now. So there, there that's just a selection of what's available for day one. Now, I'll give you a little preview of what we can expect. Day two is smartphones. Day three is wearables slash smartwatches. Day four, headphones and speakers. Day five, gaming, which is very popular, especially now with the release of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. Then day six, we look at tablets and e-readers. Day seven, drones and other gadgets. Day eight are smart IoT devices, and there are plenty of those. Day nine is dedicated to in-car gadgets. Day 10 will be all about TVs, Blu-ray, 4K, movies, discs, players, televisions. Day 11 is appliances, which is a, a growing segment in the, in the tech world. A lot of these appliances are do have the word smart in front of them. And we're talking about all kinds of devices here, from air purifiers to coffee machines, you name it. And day 12, we wrap it up with computers, so laptops and computer-related products. So I think we've covered it pretty well there over the next 12 days. So please head over to Tech Guide every day, check out our suggestions. You might be shopping for presents yourself. I'm hoping I can inspire you with some of our suggestions something you may not have thought of. Uh, you know, you might know someone who loves music, for example. So at day four, our headphones and speakers, you might you might be very interested in hearing about uh, something, or the suggestions we're presenting on those particular days. So be sure to come back and visit techguide.com.au every day to check out our 12 days of Christmas gift ideas. Day one's already in the can. Cameras. Day two, by the time any of you listen to this program, day two is probably already up on the site, and that's all about smartphones. But check it out every day. You know where to head to techguide.com.au. Alrighty, in the celebrity tech segment this week, we've got another author. We're speaking to Matthew Riley. He's a New York Times best-selling action novelist. He's an Australian, of course, uh, now lives in the in Los Angeles. He's uh, following, I think he's got a, a, an idea to uh, to develop projects, direct maybe a, a movie version of some of his own novels. He's written quite a few. There's a few different series. There's the standalone novels. There's also the Jack West Jr. series, a Scarecrow series of books. He's quite prolific and anyone who's ever read a Matthew Riley book, you're in for a roller coaster ride. You, you need, it's like you've run a marathon after you've read the book. It just never stops. The pace just never ends. And we talked to him today about his writing process, of course, the technology he uses to write his books and plan his books and, and research his books as well. Some interesting, some interesting sources, resources he talks about for some of his books. And he's also a very keen golfer. He's, he's, a, he's a four handicapper. Uh, and also loves using tech out on the golf course. So uh, it was a really interesting conversation with Australian best-selling action novelist, Matthew Riley. Welcome to the show, Matthew. How are you going? Hey, Stephen. Thank you for having me. I'm well. And how's life in LA? You've been there for how long now? I've lived here for nearly six years now, and it's... It's been great. I came here for work reasons to do a bit more TV and movie stuff, and uh, it's starting to uh, touch wood, you know, bear a little bit of fruit. Well, it all started, of course, with you being a great novelist, and uh, you've been pumping out the bestsellers for quite a while now. Uh, tell us about your latest book, too. I've actually just received a copy, The Two Lost Mountains. I'm looking forward to devouring that. Give us, a, give us the spiel on that book, mate. What's that about? Well, The, the Two Lost Mountains is the sixth book in the Jack West Jr. series, which began with Seven Ancient Wonders. And I've been counting down since then, Seven Ancient Wonders, Six Sacred Stones, Five Greatest Warriors, Four Legendary Kingdoms, Three Secret Cities, and now The Two Lost Mountains. And uh, uh, basically, Jack is trying to avert the end of the universe, and he's a long way behind the bad guys. And he's got to find uh, two mountains, uh, which are pivotal to saving all life on Earth, 
but all the records of them have been lost, hence two lost mountains. Fantastic. And I'm tipping that the last book's going to have a one in the title. Am I right? <laughs> that I, am, I have been writing it as we speak. Uh, and yes, it'll be the last one. So Two Lost Mountains was very important because it has to be that penultimate book, that second last yeah. one, which really sets up everything for the big, big finale. And I'm very pleased with readers' responses to it. Let's talk about your writing process. Now, this is a tech mm. podcast, of course, and I, I like to you, – you're not the first author I've had on the show, actually. I like talking to authors because mm. they are pretty tech-savvy. You strike yeah. me as someone who is you're, – you're, you're a man after my own heart. You're a big Star Wars fan. You're a bit of a nerd like me. So I'm assuming you're, you're into your tech. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, uh, I'm sitting here at my desk looking at my uh, – my gigantic iPhone, my Apple desktop, and my iPad all looking back at me. Yes. And I noticed, too, in your, your photo on your website, you're wearing an Apple Watch as well. So you've, you're, you're a full Apple devotee. I'm assuming, too, you've got a, you write on a Mac, MacBook or on your iMac. Is that right? Yeah, I write on an iMac with a very large screen so I can see two pages at once and also maybe some research on a web page. Okay. Yeah, well, big, big screen's important. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk about your process. Are you um, – obviously, the, the computer plays an important role in your writing and, and your research. Mm. Uh, tell us, first of all, though, are you, are you a planner? Do you plan out the novel before you dive headfirst or are you kind of a, a bit more of a seat-of-your-pants kind of writer? Absolute planner. Okay. I, I have found in my travels as a professional novelist – for 22 years, there are two kinds of writers, happy writers and miserable writers, <laughs> and the happy ones plan. Uh, I, I never sit down at my computer uh, without knowing exactly what I'm going to do that day. And overall, when I'm writing a book, I'll spend two or three months planning the book before I sit down to write page one. Okay. I'll never sit down at an empty screen and say, what am I going to do today? Do you have, like I'm assuming, what, do you use Word or are you more a Scrivener kind of guy? What, what's your software that you use? Actually, it's a, it's a good question. I use Word. Uh, I've always used Word, but I do one particular thing which anybody thinking of writing a book might like to do. I reformat the page size. Ah. So I, get, I go into the document settings and I set the page size to the size of a paperback novel, ah. 18 centimetres by 11 centimetres. And I... I reduce the margins, so when what I see on my screen is exactly what you will see in a paperback book oh, of wow. one of my novels. So I know how long the book is. I'm not writing in, you know, A4 double-spaced. I'm writing in single-spaced, 11-point font, just what you would read, so I know what it looks like. I know how long the chapters are, and it makes me feel like I'm in the middle of a book. Yeah, right, so you, you're giving... You're, what you're writing, what you're seeing is exactly what the reader's going to see, so you're, yes. nothing changes. That's exactly right. And I honestly think one of the, the, one of the secrets that I've had is that I really connect with readers, that readers, that, that we make a connection through my words and their reading, and if I'm looking at that, then I think it only makes that better. So with with your so I understand research plays a big part in your books and I know that mm. uh, and there's a lot of tech in your books as well. Tell us first of all, how is is Google your best friend here? Do you have some sources, online sources that can sort of provide you with information? So if the CIA is tapping my searches, I'm in big trouble because <laughs> yes, I I am always searching things like missiles and weapons and. When I was starting out writing books like Ice Station and Temple and Scarecrow, I had the Jane's books, which were all the weaponry books uh, about guns and how many bullets they hold, tanks, missiles, helicopters, ships and submarines. All of that went online. So Jane's is now online. So I'm, I'm okay with Wikipedia as you do a broad search, but I always think you should verify anything you read on Wikipedia. But something like Jane's or even the CIA website, actually, are phenomenal resources for someone like me. Really? The CIA website? Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of info there, is there? <laughs> the, uh, trust me, the CIA website is fantastic. They summarise each country, the threats, the kind of governments they've got there. Wow. And then if you want to find out the weaponry, you jump onto the Jane's websites. 
And and what about um, that? Your your books are pretty pretty packed full of technology. I, I really enjoyed the mm. Great Tool of China, by the way. That's the last book of yours I read uh, a little while ago. Yeah. And they do seem to be pretty much a uh, lot of tech involved. So, are you normally tech savvy, or is that research too, or is this kind of a uh, a wish uh, a wish list of tech that you hope that you wish existed? No, I, I I love tech. I I enjoy how it makes my life easier. I mean, I mentioned my Apple stuff. What I like most about my Apple stuff, I'm not a devotee of the brand. I just like the way it all connects yeah. seamlessly. Yeah. And with my books. I set it up right from the early ones, from, from Ice Station to Scarecrow and uh, Seven Asian Wonders, that my characters would always be using the latest technology. And I think when people read a Matthew Riley book, they're not just looking for a fast-paced story. They're looking for a fast-paced story with an insight into some of the latest gadgetry that's around in the world today, especially in the military world. Yeah, I bet that a lot of the... Technology we use today, I think, originated from the from the military. I think our GPS systems yeah. and the internet is even, uh, I think, came from the military. So, not a bad That's source. Exactly right. Now, yes. I understand too that we'll, we'll we'll take a break talking about you as an author for one second. I understand you're a pretty pretty crack golfer, and <laughs> you got a, you got a pretty low handicap. Is it four? What are you what are you hitting off now? Yes, I'm a four handicap wow. at golf. So yes. are you a tech man on the golf course too? Do you have your range finders and you count yeah. your shots on your watch? What do you do out there? You bet. You bet. And that, that range finder is military technology. Is it? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, la- it's a laser which bangs out from your range finder, hits the pin and comes back to you. Okay. Um, my golf clubs, uh, I have these PXG golf clubs, which are extraordinarily high tech. I, I, I joke with people that, there's more technology in your golf ball than in many countries in the world. Uh, and, and the technology into a golf ball to make it fly without spin for a driver and with spin for a wedge is astonishing. I mean, again, this is basically ballistics, uh, exactly, which, we yeah. use in a, which, which we use in a game. So, oh, yes, I, yeah. I am all over the technology for golf. Oh, well, I, I knew you would. I think a lot of golfers, once they get the bug, they, uh, anything that can help you improve your game, I think, is a welcome, uh, welcome inclusion in your bag. It's, golf is hard enough as it is, so you might as well embrace the technology, yes, to help you any way you can. For sure. Now, I understand you, you're on social media, of course. You're on Twitter. Would you call yourself active on social media? Is this something you do to promote your books only, or are you out there uh, just, just because you enjoy it anyway? Yeah, I would say not very active on social media. I, I follow Twitter, but I don't tweet a lot. I really only tweet when I have a new book out. Yep. Um, I have found... Over the, the years, um, I, I have my biggest following on Facebook where there's about 60,000, 70,000 people who follow me there okay. and Instagram as well. But in the end, I discovered that people follow me to hear about my books. They, it, it's quite an interesting thing when you see the numbers on my posts that the people who follow Matthew Riley, the author, they really don't care about photos of me on a golf course. <laughs> They're not particularly fussed about photos of my cute little dog. Uh, but when I post the cover of my next book or some news about the next book, the numbers just skyrocket. And yeah. so what what I've discovered is that social media for me is a connection to my fans. That that's it. So I'm not I'm not someone who's going to state my views on on Donald Trump or, you know, coronavirus vaccines on, on Twitter or, or Facebook or Instagram, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to those people who, who enjoy my books. Yeah, I noticed too you've got a, you got a pretty slick website too, MatthewRoley.com, where a lot of information yeah. about yourself and about your novels and uh, all, all of your, your background and how you got into publishing as well, how you got into, into your writing. So that, that looks pretty mm. slick. Did you put that together yourself or did someone do that for you? Yeah, no, it's a mix, actually. I started it uh, many years ago, and then I teamed up with the IT department at my publishers, uh, Pan Macmillan, Australia, and they were the ones, they had a very good IT guy who's still there, and he connected it to the social media feeds. Uh, What I like most, and we wondered with social media, would the website become used less? 
but it is still used an awful lot. That's how people can email me directly, and that's the main source of people writing to me directly. Uh-huh. But what I love most about the website is I would do short stories over the years, and they'd be in magazines or newspapers, and if you never saw the magazine or the newspaper, you never saw it. So all of my short stories are on my website yeah, for free. I've noticed and that. And it's, yeah, wonderf- it's a wonderful repository for those shorter works that I do from time to time. Now, I've got to, I've got to ask, uh, you drive a DeLorean, is that right? So you've got the <laughs> DMC-12, so any for anyone yes. else who, who's been living on the moon, that's the car in Back to the Future, for those who don't know. So how long it have you sure had that? Is. And that, is that, that's not really a, that, that's a pretty old car, but uh, it, given, given this new life in Back to the Future, how long have you had that, and how much do you, you must love enjoying that car? Oh, it's, it's my pride and joy. I got it in around 2004, and I bought it left-hand drive, so I got it converted to right-hand drive, which took a year and a half to wow. do. Okay. Uh, but it was worth it because it's really dangerous driving a left-hand drive car in Australia. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, it just makes people smile. You go and fill it up with petrol and people stop and ask if they can have a photo and where's <laughs> Doc Brown. I would take it to book signings and people would – I'd let I'd throw the keys to somebody and say, yeah, you want to sit in it and have your photos? That's fine. That's awesome. It just makes people happy. It's, it's a 1981 car, so it's, a, it's old. It's nearly 50 years old now – 40 years old, sorry. And it's slow, uh-huh. but it's just a beautiful work of art, and that's what I love about my DeLorean. It's just a work of art. And you've also got – the, and I'm envious here because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, life-size hand Solo in carbonite, and that's in your oh, yeah. office. You see that every day, I imagine. That's right, Han Solo. He's just uh, – it was a wonderful gift. Gosh, when did I get Han? Must have been around 2002. Wow. And uh, oh, he's just phenomenal. I, what I like about Han Solo in carbonite, apart from just being the single greatest decoration you'll <laughs> ever have, is – the story of that in in the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, yeah, that that Jabba the Hutt, you know, has such a thing with Han Solo that when you cross him, he doesn't have you killed; he has you put up on the wall as a decoration. And I just think it's a wonderful piece of storytelling, which I thought was fantastic. They brought it back in the Mandalorian. Yes, uh, so in his ship. You enjoying that new series? It's really, I, it's really good, isn't it? I really am. I think of all the spin-offs of Star Wars from Rogue One to Han Solo, it's the best. It just captures the essence of Star Wars so well. But I was so thrilled when I saw that first episode and he had his own little carbonite freezing thing in his ship. <laughs> he had his own little chamber. Have you been tempted to maybe delve into the Star Wars universe as a writer? Is that something that's ever crossed your mind? Uh, you know... I do have an idea for a television show like The Mandalorian Mm -hmm. and living here in Los Angeles makes that more possible. But I'm going to have to flesh it out a little bit more. But I think the way they've done The Mandalorian is a fantastic model for a story idea I have. As for one of the Star Wars novels, not likely. I don't think I'd do one of those. Okay. And what about, let's talk about the tech in your, have you got a lot of technology in your home, apart from your computers and your, and what you use to write with? Are you, do you have uh, like security cameras and are, are you tech savvy in that regard? Have you got products you can control with your phone and monitor your house and things like that? Well, we've actually just moved in to a, a new house uh, here in Los Angeles and I want to get myself uh, uh, one of those Nest things that I can check the doorbell from my phone. Uh, That's right. on my agenda right away. Okay. Uh, I just I just love the way we've gone wireless. Just we don't need all the cords and cables anymore. Yeah. Uh, we we have a uh, a Google thermostat in the house, which is just amazing. There are cameras around here, but I don't use them. Cool. And honestly. I just like my automated gate. When the car drives up to it, the gate opens automatically. That's handy. What about any go-to apps on your iPhone? What What are some apps that you you enjoy? Do you, do you play games on your phone? What, what How do you? What's your relationship with your phone like? You know, it's it's something I use every single day. I've got the iPhone uh, 11 Max, uh, the really big one. Uh, main apps that I use, I use the NPR News app every day. 
listening to the news. So I don't have to listen to the radio. I can just get the hourly news whenever I want it. Uh, I must confess the Starbucks app is excellent. (laughs) There is the, for the golfers among us, the handicap app is something I use on my phone as well. And actually, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I, I even use the Netflix app and, and watch Netflix on my iPad. Okay. So I got a lot of apps on my phone, but the key ones would be NPR and Starbucks. They're the ones I'd use most days. And, and the never, never, never line up in a queue again. Exactly. So you pre-order your coffee and then you walk in and it's there. You paid for it. That's collect, collect it. That's right. So it's all about saving time. Your your time's precious. You've got to spend more time writing. How 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 much of the day do you spend writing? Do you sort of sit down at nine o'clock and knock off at five, or how does it work for you? Yeah, no, I'd start at about seven thirty, maybe seven forty-five, and I'd go till about one. Okay. And I'd pretty much go nonstop until my stomach starts rumbling and saying, "Feed me." Right. Uh, I just I'm finding I'm better in the mornings, mm-hmm. so I write usually in the mornings, and then I plan the next day's work in the afternoon. Okay, that's good. Uh, good and method. sometimes, well, and you say being a golfer, um, golf is one of these great sports for those who work for themselves or who work alone because while others are working till five or six, if I get my work done by, you know, 2.30, I can go and do a little bit of golf practice in the afternoon and that's actually good for just getting me out of doors. I could easily, you know, <laughs> stay inside and just work on my books all day, every day. Fantastic. And do you, do you have a, a word count, page count? How what, What's your target each day? So I don't do word counts. I, I don't believe in that. I don't think we sit down in bed at night and say, I'm going to read a thousand words. <laughs> uh, I write a scene on a given day. Right. And once I've written that scene, my day is done. Okay. Uh, now, on an average day, I probably write eight pages on a good day, probably about 13 or 14 wow. paperback pages. The record I ever, the best I ever did was 23 pages, wow. which was right at the end of one of the books. And when you're at the end of a book, you're really rushing to the finish. Right. So, I, you know, if, you, if I've done my job right with the first 390 odd pages, then the last 40 pages should pretty much write themselves and, so you can write more at the end. But, yeah, generally on a day, eight to ten pages would be great. Yeah, because you, you, you seem prolific. You, are, you do have a lot of books out. You, you've had not only have you got your all the different the, – the, you've got all your standalones, you've got your Jack West Juniors, you've got your Scarecrow novels, but yeah. you're all, and you've got your short stories. So you're, you're always producing, and, uh, and you, you, must, you must be pretty disciplined to, to do that every day. You know, uh, writers write. I just love it. Yeah. And the day I was able to be a full-time writer – just gave me so much more time to hone my craft and do it more. And I can't believe I get paid to do it. So if I have this time to write, yeah, I use it. And believe it or not, without getting into the weeds, I actually contract to write one book every two years. So I sort of, I write for one year and then I take a year off to do research and, and travel and prepare for the next book. So it's sort of like one year on, one year off. As it's turned out, in the last 22 years, I've done 17 books. Wow. So on those in-between years, I'd get inspiration. And that's where I do the special one-off books like Hover Car Racer or The Tournament or Troll Mountain. So having that time in between allows my creative brain to really fire up. Well, we are very happy that you have uh, you have fired up and you're producing these great novels. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you, Matthew. Best of luck with this new book, and we look forward to the countdown to the next one and everything else you produce. It's been really great talking to you. Mate, thank you for having me. appreciate it. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, does this relate to you? Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, your work, gaming, video calling, and more? What about if you're trying to do all that at once? If you can relate to that pain, well, you need to be connected to your world by Wi-Fi. If you do, make sure it's the best. So bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling, and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of your house. It's Wi-Fi 
perfectly engineered, ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Now, we love a drone, and the fact that DJI is, is, is the leading company that makes drones, and we love DJI as well, and their latest product is the Mini 2 drone, which is ridiculously small, I have to say, small enough to fit in the palm of your hand. It's actually smaller than the palm of your hand. Can fold down. It's it's smaller than a smartphone, smaller than a can of drink. And if you check out my video on our story on Tech Guide and also our video on YouTube, the uh, DJI Mini Two YouTube, our channel is Tech Guide AU. So please support us over there. Go check out our videos. But it is just remarkably small, and it is an absolute wonder that a device, that a drone of this size can not only handle the conditions, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but also the quality of video and photos it can come up with absolutely outshines drones from just a few short years ago that DJI produced. They were a lot bigger and a lot more expensive than this, and the quality of video was nowhere near what you can achieve with the new Mini 2 drone. Now, this can shoot 4K video at up to 30 frames per second. can also shoot 12 megapixel stills. And if you want to, you can also shoot not only in JPEG, but also in RAW format, which is great for photographers love shooting in RAW because it gives them a larger file that they can do a lot more on the editing side. Uh, So that's a great addition there. There are also uh, ways for you to shoot panorama images as well. So it's a very intelligent system that is a great start. I think it's a great beginner drone. It's got all the features you'd expect. So it's got all the safety features. You've got sensors at the front so you don't fly into anything. Uh, It is compact, really easy to fly. There are tutorials when you first start flying the drone. So if you're new to drones, this has a little multi-part tutorials that you can go through it's pretty much like the the important things like taking off and landing pretty much automated if you wanted to be you can land and take off manually if you like but this it's small enough for it to be easy to fly so it's less intimidating than a larger drone where i think a lot of beginners thinking wow look at the size of this thing they're a little bit scared of it The Mini 2, you won't have that issue. It is really small. It only weighs 249 grams. So it does does place that in the safest drone category. So it's under that 250 gram mark. Yet, despite its light size, it's still not a toy. This is is still a a fully-fledged drone with a great three-axis gimbal for very smooth video, great, great still images, And also, I mentioned how the stability, DJI says that the Mini 2 can handle winds of up to 38 kilometres an hour. Now, I can uh, can testify to its its stability in high winds, not quite 38 kilometres an hour, but if you'll see by our video and our review that I did fly it off the coast, off Lurline Bay and Maroubra, I'm, I'm in the eastern suburbs of Sydney here, and it just stuck there. We, we flew it out over water and up pretty high as well. Our only, our only, the only downside is that, that it's so small, it can be sometimes hard to keep an eye on it. So the, the laws state here in Australia, and I'm a drone pilot, so it's, it's line of sight. I've got my license, and you can fly your drone as long as you can see it and know its orientation. My other drone that I fly is the DJI Inspire 2, which is massive compared to this. The DJI Inspire 2 is like, it's, it's like half a metre wide, so it's really easy to spot it and keep an eye on it. So with the DJI Mini 2, even though it's capable of flying up to 10 kilometres away from you, not, not legal, of course, here in Australia, and up to 400 metres, again, not legal here in Australia, it is still hard, even with flying at 50 to 100 metres away from you, it is hard to sort of keep an eye on it because it's so small. That, that's the only downside of this drone. 
Otherwise, it is remarkable. And, of course, you can see what it sees through the app that's connected to the controller. The controller, by the way, is actually bigger than the drone, if you can believe that. It is, uh, it, it is a lot bigger than the actual drone itself. And you can fit your phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android phone, onto the controller so that you can run the app and you're, you're getting a live view from the camera. So you can still see your, your, get your, keep your bearings when you're flying, even though you might not be able to see it that clearly with the naked eye because it's so small. You still can see exactly what you're shooting. You've got all the controls of tilting the camera uh, to, you know, and the, the controls, of course, of the drone to, to, to gain elevation, go back, forth, left and right all there in, in the controller as well. Uh, now, of course, there's a camera on board, so you're free to shoot video and, and stills. And if you're a pretty good pilot, you can get, you get some pretty good sweeping shots of wherever you happen to be. You'll also get some great still images as well. But the thing I really like about the drone is its quick shots. And these are these preset modes, these video modes, that allow you to shoot uh, all, all these different ways. There's, of course, the droney, which is your selfie shot with a drone. So what happens with the droney? You set it up, you, you establish the starting point. So you might have it hovering like about 10 metres away from you and, and, and up, at, about, up at, at a height of about 5 metres. And you set yourself as the target. So you touch the image of yourself on the screen. It establishes you as the target. And you, it then flies up and away from you. Uh, and then revealing where you happen to be. The shot that you'll see this on my video. The shot I happen to be on the oh, standing on a cliff. So as the camera moves away, you then the cliff is revealed and the ocean all around me. That was a pretty dramatic shot. There's also the rocket, which, as its name suggests, you can, it starts from right above you and just shoots straight up into the air. My two favourites are circle, which is basically you obviously targeting yourself. So you you want to establish yourself as the target. And then you can also set the radius of the circle. So I think up to 45 metres, you can have the or 50 metres. And you start it off from in front of you, and it just does this perfect 360-degree sweep. And all the while, the camera is on you, and again, revealing where you happen to be. Brilliant footage. All this is in the video, by the way, so please check it out. The other is the Helix, which again flies 360, but as it's completing its 360-degree rotation, it's actually gaining height as well. So it's kind of a corkscrew. Uh, I think that would have been a better name, actually, corkscrew. So it's flying up, and as it gets completes the circle, it's also getting higher. Again, reveals your surroundings, and it's pretty dramatic where you see where I've filmed mine. Uh, so those alone, I think, are fantastic. Really professional results you can get, and it, it's all done for you. It's like all on rails, so you can fly, be... You share these videos online, and people think you're you're a drone expert pilot, uh, but they're all built into the whole system. There, there's also, of course, the ability I mentioned the panoramas. You can also now do time shots, wide angle, so you can capture three images, so three by three images. So you're basically connecting, capturing nine images. So if you want to capture this massive landscape, it'll capture three by three and stitch all those images together. Uh, that's just one of many. There's also the time shot, so give yourself a few extra seconds before taking the photo with your time shots, kind of like a selfie, like a time selfie. And uh, and I've mentioned the, the panorama sphere as well. Capture 26 images and stitch them together for a three for a, a spherical shot. Uh, so all, all this is done through the app, the DJI app, and the results are incredible. Uh, it re really, really... Uh, uh, just a wonder that a device this size, this tiny little drone, can produce these massive results. The DJI Mini 2, uh, on its own, is 749 bucks, and for that you get the battery, a spare spare propellers, and a controller. But I'd recommend if you're going to buy this, I would spend an extra 200 bucks, so 949 bucks, for the Fly More combo, and that includes the drone itself the controller, spare props, but also it includes three batteries, a charging hub, and a carry case. So it is, for $200 extra, you do get a lot more in the, in the deal. I would recommend that spending the extra 200 getting the Fly More Combo. 
But if you want to check out our review and see our images and, more importantly, watch our video, you can check that out. The DJI Mini 2, you can see our full review at techguide.com.au. Now, we all love our music uh, and we love a party, but at the moment, you, you can't, still can't go to a concert. You won't be going to a music festival anytime soon. But if you still want to raise the roof at your place with a decent size speaker, then the Blue Ant X5 is for you. Now, this is an Australian made speaker. Blue Ant's an Australian company, and it's a 60 watt output with a built-in Class D amplifier that can produce up to 110 decibels of sound, but also at the same time producing remarkable bass. And the good thing about this is that despite its size and its power, even when cranked up, you, you don't get any distortion. It is really good. So if you want to really wait, if you want to wake the neighbours, you certainly this isn't a room-filling speaker. This is a house-filling speaker. And it also includes, and I love this name, Bluetooth's patented, look <laughs> at this, their patented name is the Psychoacoustic Bass Extension. That's their patented technology. How good was that? The guy in the office who, or girl in the office who suggested, you know what, let's call this the Psychoacoustic Bass Extension. Yes, let's call it that. Love it. It's a, It's got a 156mm woofer, 59mm tweeter. In other words, it's big. But here's this. How's this? It's also, it puts on a light show. There's the LED lighting on the front of the speaker that pulses and changes in time with the music. So not only does it sound good, it also puts on a light show. But you know what? It doesn't end there. There's more. There are two microphones included as well. So you might fancy yourself as a, a bit of a singer, or you might want to do some karaoke, or you might just want to make an announcement at the party. Oh, listen to, uh, you know, here, here are the speeches. Maybe you've cut the cake. You want to do the speeches, and they can use these as the microphone. But you can also sing along to your favourite songs as well. There's two microphones, so uh, that can be a little bit dangerous if you uh, had a few drinks. Maybe they get get the songs happening. The neighbours will definitely not be happy about that. But the the thing I like about it too is that. It looks big, but it's actually surprisingly light. It weighs just four kilograms. It's got a handle on the back, so you can carry this wherever you want because the battery on board is rechargeable. So you can, you, when it's connected to the wall, it's recharging the internal battery. And when the battery is fully charged, you've got 20 hours of use. So this isn't something that's stuck inside. You can take it on your next camping trip, take it down the beach, wherever you want your music. And better still, you can even charge up your other USB-powered devices using the speaker as well, whether it's a phone, a tablet, a camera, a little portable gaming device, whatever you need that charges through USB, you can charge it up with the X5 as well. So that's really impressive. Great sound. Good light show as well. The LED lighting, you can change the style of lighting and the different colours and all of that. The, the Blue Ant X5 uh, does a great job to power your next party. Uh, it's It's got 60 watts of power with that Class D amplifier, 110 decibels with dynamic HQ audio, 156mm woofer, 59mm tweeter, and the patented psychoacoustic bass extension. Love that. 20 hours of playtime, Bluetooth 5, USB and auxiliary playback option, so you can connect with a cable or device and play your music through a connected device as well. And duo mode means you can connect two of these speakers at once. So imagine that, having two of these. You can That's a concert you can have with, this, that, with those two speakers. It's got one-touch controls at your fingertips, and it's priced at $399.95. It's available through all Telstra stores and also through JB Hi-Fi. The Blue Ant X5, Aussie company, support them. They're an Australian company. Uh, $399.95 for the Blue Ant X5 speaker. You want to read our complete review? Check it out, techguide.com.au.
Now, you've all heard of Duracell, I'm pretty sure. Remember the, uh, what do they used to call them, the copper top? Copper top battery, and he used to have the, ener- the, the not the Energizer bunny. There was a bunny. I remember Energizer had a bunny, but Duracell also had a bunny. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm certain, actually, that they had a bunny in their ads as well. But the Duracell, one, the name I remember was the copper top, and, and at the top of the battery it was uh, copper colour. Well, they've expanded since then, and not only are they still making these little triple A's and AA batteries for your devices and your remote control cars and whatever you need, your remote, your uh, TV remote controls, they've also just released their new Energy Bank Home 2 solar battery. So if you are in a position where you want to get solar panels on your roof and a storage battery, there is now an option to include a Duracell battery, the Energy Bank 2 solar battery. And the thing with this is that it will offer, when in partnership with a new energy retailer, social energy. So you buy your battery, you got your panels, Duracell, you then choose social energy as your energy retailer. So because you've got panels and your battery, you're nearly all off the grid. With this system and with the partnership with social energy, they're offering customers the highest feed-in tariffs on the market. Now, the feed-in tariff is the money you get per kilowatt hour for putting energy back into the grid. So if you've generated all this power and you've got some, some to spare and you happen to pump it back into the system, you get up to $0.40 cents per kilowatt hour. Now, that's more than four times the average. Like New South Wales, you, you get 7.67 cents per kilowatt hour. Uh, Queensland are a little bit more stingy, $7.01 cents. South Australia, a little bit more generous, 8.77 cents per kilowatt hour. And this is based on data from Energy Made Easy. But with the new, if you've got the Duracell battery and panels and you're in, in with Social Energy as your energy retailer, they then take control of your system. They do the grid balancing. They give you $0.40 cents per kilowatt hour that you feed back into the grid. But how's this? Even if your household doesn't export power onto the grid at all, you'll still receive a guaranteed annual payment of $500. So Social Energy looks after all that. If you, you produce most of your power... They'll give you some power if you need it. If you happen to have some spare at some point, uh, you can also feed that back on the grid. So social energy is kind of the traffic cop for your power. You produce most of it yourself because you, 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 you got your solar panels and your battery. Any spare back on the grid at $0.40 cents per kilowatt hour. And if you happen to you need some energy, if you, 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 there is some power that's required, your, your bill's going to be a lot smaller than you would from a normal energy retailer if you didn't have your solar panels, of course. So with with this, the, the, one of the first systems installed in Australia is over on the northern beaches here in Sydney in North Balgala, and they are they're going to their their savings is what they're anticipating is up to two thousand more than two thousand five hundred dollars, and that's calculated from. They'll do, they're just going to save, just from solar and energy bill savings alone, they're going to save just over 2000 bucks, And then don't forget, there's that 500 from social energy. So that's $2,506 they're set to save just in the first year they've had the system. Now, of course, the system costs money. So you factor in those savings. A system like this will pay itself off over perhaps four to five years. Uh, obviously, depending on the cost of the install, which would would be around, I reckon ballpark would be between maybe ten to fifteen thousand dollars, perhaps a bit more. The the, the battery on its own uh, it forms the majority of the system, but then the number of solar panels you can include, depending on the size of your home. There's a few variables, but uh, the the place to to find out more is Natural Solar. They're one of the biggest uh, battery and solar panel installers in Australia, and they're the ones actually rolling out Duracell and offering it to the customers, and also offering that partnership with Social Energy. Now, one of the major shareholders of Social Energy is none other than Australian cricketing legend Shane Warne. 
He's involved as a shareholder. He's obviously become a bit of the sometimes the face of the company. And he is uh, talking about, not, no doubt, of course, explaining why he's a shareholder, uh, not only promoting social energy, but he has actually got skin in the game. He is a shareholder, so does hold shares in the company. But I think having a, a face like Shane Warne really normalises the situation. I think he, I think he's more relatable for a lot of Australians, and they're thinking, well, if Warne is involved, it's it's kind of not just for the sort of the high flyers. Anyone who's building a home, renovating a home, or even in your existing home, anyone can take up a, a, a solar system with a battery and panels. I did it myself. What I did is I redrew on my mortgage and paid for the system that way. I've had my system for for just over three years now, and I've more than half paid for the systems has more than half paid for itself in just three years through all the savings that I've made. So it, it is. I think it is an opportunity here for customers to take more control of their energy, to have the panels produce most of their own energy, and if you're in the situation where you've got enough energy to spare and you're putting it back on the grid, you're going to earn a quid or two as well. The Duracell Home Solar Battery, in and in partnership with Social Energy, and of course with the support of cricketing genius Shane Warne, the spin king, uh, all of that, you can check out all those figures and see what the battery looks like. It's actually not a bad looking battery. Uh, it can be inside or outside and works with solar panels. And if you want to see more and, and read more, uh, Natural Solar is also linked in there because they're the ones who install the system and sort of get all the things moving. Uh, if you want to read more about all of that, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, there's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and much more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. I thought I'd talk on the Tech Guide Help Desk, which is brought to you by Belkin. Belkin have just brought out some new HDMI cables that are HDMI 2.1 approved, uh, which means they can handle 8K video. Uh, if you've got a latest gaming console, not a bad idea to get some Belkin cables, but they also handle their batteries and all kinds of other accessories. Uh, well, on the help desk, I thought we'd talk about, I get this question a lot, uh, especially when I'm on the radio. If you tune into 2GB, I'm on 2GB a fair bit, uh, and a question I get often, especially from older older listeners and seniors, is their fear, they're a bit anxious about losing their home phone. They know the NBN's coming and they haven't signed up to the NBN yet, and they're terrified they're going to lose their home phone. They're not interested in the internet. They just want their home phone. And you can, if you, if you do get the NBN, you need to connect your phone through the NBN. But if you don't want the NBN, there is still a way to keep your home phone number and a home phone. And that is through My Home Phone, which is a system where you get a phone, and it's run through the 3G network, the Telstra 3G network. And what they basically do, they keep your number and do what they do sort of call forwarding. Whenever there's a, a call to your home number, it's call forwarded to the new My Home phone. So you're basically keeping your same phone number. And because it's through the 3G network, doesn't require the NBN. And if there's a, like the problem with the NBN is if there's a power shortage, power outage, not only do you lose the internet, but you also lose your home phone. So you can't call. You can obviously use your mobile device. But for these customers who don't have a mobile device, they may be a little bit older, that they, they prefer the home phone. My home phone will still power through even if there is if there is a power outage. Uh, so you do get uh, – they, they do have plans starting from $29.95 a month. And 
10 cents per call, but if you move up to the 39.95 plan and above, there are unlimited plans that offer unlimited calls, and there's even uh, uh, the top plan has up to 300 minutes of international calls as well. And yes, the Telstra network will be shutting down in June 2024, and by then my home phone will also transition the uh, service to their 4G network. So for those who don't uh, are really anxious about keeping a home phone, perhaps this might be uh, might not be you yourself, might be your, your parents or your grandparents. The my home phone, and I've written about it on Tech Guide as well, is the answer. And that is the end of our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Everything we've spoken about is at techguide.com.au. So if you want to follow that up, please visit our website. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special shout-out too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. You do need your internet security. Support the sponsors that support us. Thank you once again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.